Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Torch. Uh, I am Jake Roberts. And I am Kimberly Rowland. And we are super excited this week to have Caitlin Waters, the Marketing and Communications Manager of Rhesus Dental and Braces and the City Director of House of Genius Phoenix in the house today. Hi, Caitlin. What up? Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks for being here. Okay, so Caitlin moved to Arizona from New York five years ago for a social media internship at a tech software company and that is how she got involved in the Phoenix tech and startup scene. She currently works in marketing for Reese's Dental and Braces, which is a BBB accredited business, which is also a fast-growing dental group with offices in Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, and Texas. She's a huge advocate for all things downtown Phoenix and also living a car-free lifestyle, which we are definitely going to chat more about. <laughs> so welcome, Caitlin. Welcome, Caitlin. <laughs> welcome, Thank Caitlin. you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. So we want to get the boilerplate questions out of the way first. Uh, uh, tell us about um, growing up in New York. So interestingly enough, when I say I've grown up in New York, people assume Manhattan. I did not grow up in New York City. I grew up in a small town called Warwick, New York. Um, It's about an hour northwest of the city on the other side of the Hudson River. Um, So very night and day compared to the city, um, but very commutable to the city. So, of course, I did go in the city a lot. Um, It's funny. We were just talking about my the town I grew up in because I have a couple co-workers who are actually traveling to New York City um, this October for the first time. And they were asking me some things to do. And I was like, you know, of course, do all these tourist New York City adventures. But I also would love for you guys to get out of the city and do some fall activities like apple picking, other things you can't do when you're in Arizona. Um, I remember when I first moved out here, I asked my boss at the time, like, what do you guys do for the fall? Like, what activities do you do? Like, do you guys do apple picking? And my (laughs) boss literally looked at me and was like, is that a metaphor for something? (laughs) (laughs) She had no idea that, you know, people actually apple picked. Like, it's like a foreign concept. Um, So it was like very small town. Um, You know, we had a lot of dairy farms. my mom is a school teacher um, in the school district that I went to, um, so very close-knit uh, community. It was very fun. Um, graduating from high school there, going off to college in Buffalo, I always thought I would end up in New York City, uh, but here we are uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Wow, that's pretty cool. So why Arizona? That's like the other side of the country and, and hot and super yeah. hot, different climate. Yeah, what brought you to AZ? So I moved out here July 2013. I had just graduated college in May and was kind of looking for my next step. I had a bunch of friends that I made in Buffalo and kind of wanted to stay there. It was kind of the shiny artifact where it was like, I don't want to move home with my parents. I want to stay and hang out and go and have fun with my friends. But really, there was nothing in Buffalo for me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving home and I did a couple interviews for some PR companies for internships for the summer and didn't work out. I didn't really have the experience. Um, and my uncle, who lives out here in, in Cave Creek, uh, he owns an investment firm and uh, told me about this company called Social World. Uh, this is tech software company or a platform that was looking for an internship, a summer intern. And so uh, my uncle's like, you know, I'll get you the interview. And then after that, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. So I took the interview. <clears throat> it was for a social media internship and got the position and then, you know, was like, oh crap, now where am I going to live for the next three months? So I looked on Craigslist. I, I knew I was going out without a car, so mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't live with my uncle in Cave Creek. That would just be impossible. The office was in downtown. Mm-hmm. So I looked on Craigslist. I found this um, bed and breakfast place that let me do a long-term rental in like this little cottage. I had like my own little house, you know, for less than a thousand a month. It was amazing. And um, 
came out here for three months, ended up loving it, even though I moved out in the middle of July and could not believe the brick of heat that hit me when I got off the airplane. I was like, what am I doing? And when they offered me the full-time position, it was about, it was in like the middle of September, um, towards the end of September, and I was like, I don't know if I can do these these summers anymore. It's just so hot. It just it felt like there was no never going to be a break. Mm-hmm. And he's, they were like, just wait, wait it out, make it through October. Like I promise you, you know, when you're hanging out in the sun by the pool on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and the rest of your family potentially could be shoveling snow, like you'll understand. And I, I made it through that, and I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Um, I was never, I loved, we grew up with winter sports. I love snowboarding and skiing. Um, we have snowmobiles at my parents' house. But I was never like a cold weather fan. You know, I love the sun. I am a huge advocate for sunshine being a mood lifter. I mm-hmm. mean, I think cities that are rainy all the time affect your mood, just kind of alter everything about you. And I, um, I've i definitely seen my mood alter since I moved um, from Buffalo, which is gray all the time to, you know, directly to Phoenix after college um, and just sunshine every day. Isn't right. it the snowiest place in America? Isn't it it is one of them, yeah. And they get the lake effect snow. So like Buffalo, Syracuse, um, they all the western New York kind of cities, they just get slammed. Um, luckily, my college was in like the city of Buffalo. So we kind of were like in a little like pocket of where it didn't get a lot of heavy snow. But around us, I mean, highways would be closed. Um just we actually had a snow day like we had multiple snow days which is insane you know people can't even get to the the college so wow which was the most fun time when you're in college because then everyone's like party you know <laughs> snow, snow parties day. <laughs> snow days yeah because you're like i'm never gonna have when you go to college you never think you're gonna have a snow day you think the last of that was middle school high school elementary but we never get Sundays here. We should have yes. extreme heat days. Well, we though. did get that rain day. I don't know if you guys had it, but it was a couple years ago. Actually, when I was working at Social World, we uh, he called us that morning and told us we didn't have to come to work because the highway right at right at uh, I forget the name of the highway. I'm, On the I don't drive out here, so I don't, yeah. <laughs> the I seventeen yeah, and the flooded. ten were flooded. I remember mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so he's like, just work off. from home, um, and I was like, well, I didn't. I don't have snow days, but at least rain days are now a potential. <laughs> that was crazy. That was like a hundred year flood. <clears throat> yeah. People were swimming in the hi- on the highway, like boating, had their boats out. Random. We do a survey for all of our um, podcast guests before they come, and Jake and I ask them, if you could meet one person, either living or dead, who would it be and why? And Caitlin left this blank, so I'm wondering, does that mean you've already met everybody you would want to? <laughs> okay. Like I was telling you guys before the show, I was listening to the previous podcasts, and you know they were talking like... You know, they mentioning Abraham Lincoln, and I just really didn't have someone in history or political figure that really was like stood out. But you know, I've always wanted to meet Beyonce, and as silly as that sounds, <laughs> she is awesome. She is just such a power chick. Um, I just think everything that she does embodies strength and power. And you know, she's been in the headlines in you know, the past couple of years with her husband. Some maybe some cheating allegations that happened, and and she turned around and made a whole album about it, and how you know it made her stronger. And I just think she's such a great model, model and I really. Um, admire how big of a celebrity she is, but how private she is, and how mm-hmm. she's able, how she controls what she really wants um, the world to see. But, yeah. she, but but without you know being you know rude about it or anything, she's just she's, she's iconic. Thing. She is iconic. Yeah. She's not a, a, a an attention grabber. She no. doesn't seek that out. No. She's an artist, right? And. Mm-hmm. She just accepts whatever comes along with that. Yeah. She's a great entrepreneur, too. I mean, oh, that's yeah. not even, that's a, in addition to being an amazing performer and artist, Beyonce is a mogul mm-hmm. as well. And she, like you said, 
it's all about her brand and she, her brand is so strong it's so strong and yeah so that's awesome I love that that's a great answer yeah so when you have to like make transcripts of all these and you're like putting the list of names you can have like Abe Lincoln Beyonce I like it'll, it. it'll look good together it's it like will. cream of the crop yeah. <laughs> yes um when was it that you found your calling with startups and marketing? What was the moment you realized, this is what I want to do. These are, this is the, the community of people that I want to help. My um, senior year of college is kind of when I figured out I was really interested in the marketing and social media way of distributing news and, and content because I was a journalism major and I was taking all these classes on how to be an anchor and, and reporting and I just really knew I didn't want to be a reporter. I knew I didn't want to work at a newspaper. I knew I didn't want to sit at a desk on a news uh, show. But I loved how social media was making it easy for anyone to be reporters. And I thought it was fascinating that the way that mobile and social media was being developed, you know, the news distribution was completely changing. And so that aspect I really loved. Um, and I, I love connecting with people. I love talking to people, interviewing them, hearing their story, and then being able to tell their story. And that flows really nicely into the marketing industry. Um, so when I came out for the social media internship, I had only had one prior social media internship at uh, Habitat for Humanity Buffalo, where they only had six people on the team. I was hired basically just to like do everything. It wasn't really like a <laughs> learning experience because there was no one there to teach me. It was just, which is very common for nonprofits. So I came on, you know, they kind of taught me how to log into their email marketing system and then they gave me all the passwords to their social media. but. That was kind of it. So I kind of taught myself like best practices, figuring out what worked when we shared content. You know, did people like to see pictures of the actual builds or do they like to see the pictures of the families who are moving into those builds? Um, and it was the pictures of the families. They want to mm -hmm. know more about their story. A lot of them were refugees. So they had the most incredible stories mm -hmm. and being able to showcase that I just fell in love with. Um, so going directly to a tech software platform in you know a startup it was completely different I mean b2b is is a totally different ballgame but but not so much either I mean <clears throat> um, it wasn't as hard to transition to but I had no experience in in like technology in software it was like I, I think I was still a year into the company before I understood like what we did and mm -hmm. like like when I started to do my business development role I was doing kind of some inbound sales and um, I was learning the platform as I was practicing my pitches. Like I was like, oh, this makes more sense. But what if I'd say it like this? Like I think people are going to understand it more. So I was able to like take some really heavy tech talk and turn it into stuff that people like, you know, small business owners can understand. Love that. So that was really fun. But that was my first, um, you know, came out here with the marketing mindset, social media. But then it was happened to be a startup. One of the things I was put in charge of was I think my title was like community engagement manager specialist and I was seeing all these really cool things because I was researching like other software companies in Phoenix we wanted to know kind of like what other software companies were doing how were they how were they utilizing social media mm -hmm. and I started to find like all these really cool events that were happening like happy hours and um, heard about seed spot and they had like these pitch nights and I was like this would be so cool like we're this we're in this awesome space downtown we're kind of like in our own bubble no one's going out and doing anything and talking about our company it's so, like I volunteered and I'm like, I'll go do it. So I started just like RSVPing to all these events and I would just go there as this like 22 year old, you know, just coming off in an internship, <laughs> like coming to represent this tech startup. Um, but I got to meet such cool people and um, that's kind of how I got my hands wet in the startup industry. And I just loved hearing 
the incredible stories of these entrepreneurs. And I knew that I didn't have an idea. <laughs> I don't have an idea for a company, you know, yet. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to help companies build. I wanted to help them um, bring in, get their get the word out about their company. I wanted to introduce them to people that I was lucky enough to know that I think would make a great partnership on, on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the last year that I was working for Social World, I was... It was kind of in a weird transition where we were like looking for more funding and I wasn't really kind of, I was, it was kind of hard for me because I wasn't really growing anymore. I wasn't being challenged anymore. I wasn't, there was nothing for me to learn yet. I was just kind of doing what I was doing. It was stagnant. So I knew it was time for me to like move on and I got asked to transition into the company that I'm in now. And I remember the first day that I started at Reese's Dental Embraces, Jonathan Contrell mm-hmm. emailed me and said, Caitlin, I have this weird request. Like, you got five minutes to be on the phone. I'm like, sure. Um, you don't say no to Jonathan. No, no, no. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm in the conference room of our Reese's dental office. And he's like, real quick, I want to know if I can hand off to you the Yes PHX social media. And I was like, uh, like everything? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just think you'd be really great with it. You know, here's a couple things you need to keep in mind. But like, whenever you have a question, just let me know. And I'm like, sure this sounds fun. Like it'll help me still keep my hands planted in the startup scene, mm-hmm. um, get to know when events are happening. Um, cause I really, my heart was still there. And so I took that over and, um, those familiar not with, or not familiar with yes, PHX, it's kind of what I refer to as the umbrella that connects our startup and entrepreneurial community out here in, in Arizona. Um, so we have some social media channels that we use just to help promote events and resources. <clears throat> But I was looking at it more as a way kind of um, connecting people. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I had learned so much while I was at Social World doing this with it or participating in all those events. I didn't want to lose all those contacts. Mm-hmm. So That was a very strategic Yeah, way but I was like, I not, not so much using the context. I guess that was the wrong, the context was the wrong word. But it was like, I still loved what they were doing. And it was interesting coming into this new company because when you look at a startup, businesses that open up new locations, they have to go through a lot of the similar processes. They have to find funding. They have to get funding. If they, either they if they have their own, look for investors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have to find, you know, solutions or problems in the areas that they want to build this company. So, like, you know, each one we have a new market, we have to look at, or each new, a new office for Reese's Dental, we have to look at, you know, the demographics that are there. You know, how are we marketing to these people as opposed to where, how we're marketing to these people? Mm-hmm. Um, is w- some of our procedures and treatment options that we have at one location that are prized possessions, maybe those aren't actually, you know, what people in Tempe want to know about or, or want to get done or even care about. Tell us more about Reese's Dental Embraces. Yeah, so <clears throat> Reese's Dental Embraces is a dental and orthodontic company founded out here in Arizona back in 2011. Um, we have 14 offices in Arizona or in Phoenix, including an oral surgeon. We have one location in Tucson, we have five in Denver, and we just opened up our 21st office in Las Vegas. That's exciting. In North Las Vegas. Yes, it was so exciting. It was our, being on the marketing team, it was our first new market launch. Um, It was my, I think, 11th or 12th office that I've helped open. But this one was like a big deal because it was, you know, we don't know the market. We haven't, we don't have, we have no feet on the ground there. We're basically starting, trying to get these people to become patients of ours with, no history about us at all. So that was really exciting. We just had the grand opening there. And we have um, an office in San Antonio opening in December. 
So that's a new market for us as well. Texas, we have no locations. And then we'll have another Denver office in, well, Commerce City, so it's a little outside of Denver, in Colorado. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's to me, becoming on from this tech startup to a dental company was like crazy. I, I know nothing about, I didn't know anything about dental. I just knew that um, my boss at the time now, he we worked together on the marketing team at the tech startup. Mm-hmm. So he kind of stole me. Um, and I was excited to because I was like, you know what? I worked well with Juan. You know, he's one of my best friends. This is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome. And but it was a lot. I mean, because one part of the role that I was brought on to do was social media and marketing. So we had a lot of people asking dental related questions mm-hmm. on social media. <laughs> Who would have thought? So that was a learning hurdle. But um, you learn really fast. I would say it took me about a good year to really be comfortable with talking about some of the treatment options that we have and prices and the way that the offices work and it takes time <clears throat> you have to go and visit the offices you have to get to know your doctors your teammates the community that your offices are in mm-hmm. but when I was brought on we, we were pretty much working from the ground up in marketing we kind of had a whole new marketing team that they they were bringing in because they kind of wanted to change the way things were going mm-hmm. so we had a lot of freedom to do whatever we wanted and kind of fail and learn from that how do you figure that out though how do you how do you come into something and they say we're going to do something entirely new how did you go about like changing the direction well it was a lot it's kind of easier now when you don't when they're like we don't want to do what we did before so it's like you (laughs) kind of have the reins to do to you have their attention yes right yeah yeah and I only knew had what I had done previously at the the tech startup was you know a lot of Facebook ads and like you know digital advertising and um, it's a little different than with 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 Risa's a lot of things we do um, to help spread the word and, and get to know our community is community events. Um, every time we open up a new office, and this is something we were like, we are never changing this. Every time we open a new office, we offer four hours of free dental. So it's like our grand opening for that office, cool. right? And we're like, as a marketing team, like, that's gold. I mean, that's amazing. It's such a great thing we're doing for the community, but it's also, it's anyone could appreciate free dental. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it resonates with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has teeth. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's a need. And also for free, it's like, um, so yeah, every time we open a new office, we offer four hours of free dental with that grand opening. And then we have our annual Labor of Love event, which on every year on Labor Day, um, all of our staff works for four hours, similar to a grand opening, but we offer free dental at all of our locations. So this year we offered it at, um, I believe, 19 of our locations. One of them was being remodeled, so we didn't have them participating. Um, So next year it'll be even more, which is incredible. But having free reign, it's like such a great team, such a great, you know, the directors above us, they they really just let us, you know, try anything we want and, you know, prove like you know, why we want to do what we're doing. Um, if the results aren't there, we don't do it again. Um, so it was a really great learning period. And I think the first year we did a lot of trial and error about what works and, and how we can spend um, our efforts wisely across. Because I was just used to just being digital, you mm-hmm. know. We have a, it's a you know a tech software company, so you're getting most of your leads. They could be in New York, you know, where us all of our patients are based around where our offices are. So we have to do a lot more localized and hyper local marketing. Um, so the community events and sponsorship of things like that really have helped us. Um, but then also doing things like with Phoenix Rising and the Fiesta mm-hmm. Bowl, it kind of helps um, you know our our national exposure as well. So question: 
I have to pretend to ask this because I already know the answer, <laughs> and Jake knows the answer, but what is House of Genius? Do I have to be a genius to attend, and is there a secret password to get in? I love that. That Was was that you, Jake? That, that, you know, that, no, th- no. Those are. <laughs> was, um, so Jake knows the answer, too, now. It's, it's kind of funny because the, the term House of Genius is very elusive. You don't really know what that is. Um, so it's an international nonprofit. It's found in um, cities all over the world, uh, mostly cities that have, have a heavy uh, startup scene um, and that focus on bringing the community together to listen to entrepreneurs and startups, tell their story, present their company um, for a night to give feedback to them. So the beauty of the event, um, it happens once a month in Arizona on the last Wednesday of every month, is we put together people in a room who probably would never reach out to each other for feedback. Mm-hmm. So. If we have a tech startup that is in the golf industry, you know, it's an app to book tea times. And then we have another woman who wants to open up a, a brick and mortar cereal shop, you know, milk and cereal bar. Two actual companies yes, yes, that have pitched. Yes. And two completely ends of the spectrum. But my favorite part is putting people in the room that like they would probably never talk to. So like students, um, professors at colleges, you know, um, other marketers, you know, of course we do have, you know, law firms, we have Serial entre- other serial entrepreneurs, designers, developers. Um, we had someone who worked at a horse barn. Like, there's nothing you need to have that would make you a better panelist. It's really if you're just willing and open to give feedback to those companies, we welcome you. So the companies come and present, and it's not so much a pitch for funding. They're just looking for feedback or help with an area in their business they're looking to solve. So we call it an ask. Um, it's usually – it can be a question or a statement, but it's usually around – you know, I'm not seeing the X around of results with my marketing. What can I do different? How can I um, expand into the Arizona education system? How can I, um, how can I get introduced to toy companies? Um, I say that because one of the companies that's presenting tonight is going to be um, in a, a toy industry. But it's like super, super weird stuff that you'd never think. But those specific questions also actually turn into this huge discussion. So they have five minutes to present. <clears throat> The panelists have an opportunity to ask questions to that startup, um, anything to clarify further for their ask. And then one by one, each panelist goes around, gives feedback, anything that they think um, would help the entrepreneur with their problem, any introductions they can potentially make. Uh, Here's the kicker, though. The entire event, we keep everything anonymous. So everyone has to remain on a first-name basis um, and no work talk. So... You know, as much as I hate small talk, that's what we encourage. So, you know, how's the weather? Where are you from? Where do you live now? Kind of stuff. Just because you have to you have to kind of find an icebreaker that isn't anything about what you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it is. Because most people are like, what do you do? Like, um, so and it's funny because during the feedback, when the panelists are giving feedback to the companies, we tell them not to use anything qualifying in their feedback. So some of them will start with in my experience as, mm-hmm. or when I was working at XYZ, and it's like, stop, don't go any further, because we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to have them set up their, their answer to, you know, okay, they're an expert in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of puts everything just kind of like, everyone's sitting across the table from each other, no one knows where each other's from, no one knows level of experience, level of schooling, it's just everyone in a room, you know, transparently just ready to, not non-judgmental, everyone's just talking to each other, and um, Why the level of anonymity, though? So it's a great thing to get everyone in a room that 
aren't researching each other beforehand. I kind of <laughs> like like the attendee list. No one knows until you're actually in the room. First name, of course, um, as big but as small of a world the Phoenix startup scene is. At, majority of people at least know one person other um, in the room but it keeps everyone on the same kind of playing field it's like I don't care if I'm sitting next to an ASU student or I'm sitting next to the CEO of the law firm we're sitting in um, it shouldn't matter I think some people might direct their questions or feedback more towards someone they think is the person that would know the answer mm-hmm. but in reality it's usually the people who you wouldn't think to ask who have the best feedback like I remember one of our, our sessions we had a high school student in the room and she gave amazing feedback and I was like it was one of the moms who had messaged me and she didn't she couldn't she had to take her daughter with her because she picked her up from school and was coming from school and I'm like yeah sure bring her and she gave feedback and participated and I was like this is awesome and that's what made me like want to have at least some kind of student entrepreneur or, or student interested in um, working in the startup uh, industry come to a House of Genius panel seems like an excellent opportunity to learn something it is yeah and we don't i also like to see like people outside of the startup scene i'm i totally welcome people outside of, like to me i think everyone should be involved in their yes. startup community like it shouldn't be this thing that's so include like it's just like so exclusive and if you don't if you don't own a company you're not at a startup like no the people that are on the ground building that company are not the ceos of that company and i think um some people also who are who are not involved or not work specifically at a startup industry, they still have so much feedback and so much insight to share mm-hmm. um, about topics that any company, regardless how big or small you are, goes through. Um, sometimes as simple as like, you know, do I hire a sales team or do I have sales consultants or, you know, just say things like any business would go through um, that I anyone love, can benefit from. I love in. that diversity too. I think, yeah. think kind of like what Caitlin's saying, sometimes the best panelists that we get in that room are the folks that you wouldn't necessarily think you know you don't see them at the startup scene events they're not the usual person but Mm -hmm. they have really rich feedback and that is what's great about having the anonymous room is otherwise the presenter might cater play to that person exactly so it really does level the playing field that was that's awesome caitlin I love it. And I've been volunteering with Caitlin for the last few years, too. Yes. I should have disclosed that. <laughs> Otherwise, people are like, yeah. how do you know this much? Yeah, and we're, we're going into our fifth fifth year, yeah. which is exciting. Going strong. This coming, Febu- or coming April 2019 will be our fifth year. Wow. We started. Yeah, hundreds of entrepreneurs have come through House of Genius. Mm-hmm. What... Um, what Have you seen a, a lot of the companies that have come through, like, you know, launch their product or, or get to where they wanted to go? Like... What's what's that like? I think my favorite part actually is seeing them like pivot. Yeah. Um, After yes, the experience, like you know, not. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, of course, I would love the feedback to be great and them to succeed from that, you know, and to continue growing their business. But a lot of the times, you see them walk out of there and they're like, "I was going about this all wrong," uh-huh. um, and it kind of forces force them to think about, you know, who their audience is what problem they're solving you know is there really a need there's some companies that are trying to do too many things when really they just need to narrow it down to one i know we had one company that was trying to be um you know have a vendor side but also to be the side so directly to the consumer and they're like no 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 like here's where your money is. your money is with those vendors like here's where it is and he was like that makes so much sense and then you know that's what they came out of there and completely pivoted their business um some businesses didn't um kind of found out that they weren't a great business. I think a lot of the ones that are just um, 
those those are the companies that we usually have that are very new. Like they don't even have they don't have an app developed. They don't ha- even have their brick and mortar. They just have a business idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I like to mix it up and throw a couple of those people in there only because I think it's nice to have people who have no experience in presenting their company or presenting their business idea to get feedback and um, hopefully being the either the motivation to continue doing it or maybe like, okay, I need to step back and maybe do a little more research, do a little more, um, spend a little more time figuring out what exactly is I want to do yeah. or create before I start just trying to sell it. It, it puts them in, in a no-risk situation where they get to pitch their business, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And figure out where the holes are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There is no risk at all negatively, but there is uh, a tremendous positive risk. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because like, yes, I mean, there's so much reward just being in the room in general as a panelist, as a keynoter, as a startup presenter. It's like everyone is impacted and everyone gets really, I think, leaves really motivated because even if you're not presenting your company or listening to someone else tell their story and why they're jazzed about creating the company they're creating. And um, it's inspiring. I mean, I leave there like, holy crap! I need to start working on something on my own. Like, yeah, yeah, geez. Exactly. Like we have we've had a lot of ASU students present mm-hmm. and GCU students, and they're their junior year in college, and they already have this crazy idea, which is awesome because it shows those schools are spending time on helping kids and students in college that have business ideas grow their business. Yeah, and some of them are in sales already. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and revenue. Yeah. I'm like, this is incredible. This is amazing. The, yeah. the cool thing about House of Genius, too, I think, and Jake, you, you saw this last month, was in the evening, because everyone, most everyone's coming from work or some sort of long day, there's like this energy lull in the room after the second presenter where you can kind of tell people are getting a little tired as the sun's going down, but then there's like, it shoots right back up once people start going around and introducing themselves because people love to talk about themselves. And then at the end, the room is literally loud, buzzing, and Caitlin and I have to kick people out of the conference room because we're like, it's 9 o'clock at night, everyone go to bed. Like, Mm -hmm. But that's such a cool part about House of Genius, too. Yeah, it's interesting because I always start off like, thank you guys so much for volunteering your Wednesday evening with us for a couple hours. I know it's hard getting out of work, whatever. And then we're the ones that are like, okay, guys, it's time to leave. (laughs) Um, Because we love love the opportunity for everyone to be able to like – network with each other especially if they heard something from across the table that some like feedback that they really liked they really want to connect with that person we want to encourage that we also give everyone in the room each other's contact information so it's and we take notes during the presenters Mm -hmm. like so any questions or feedback that the panelists are telling the the presenting companies we're actually taking notes during so they'll get transcripts of that that's really fun i think everyone should be on house of genius if you want to be on house of genius and you're listening to this please do it house of genius phoenix it is incredible. We is, I can vouch. It's a it's a fun time. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. What is your experience? How do you how did you like it? Well, I went in. Um, I had this kind of like I wasn't sure what I would be able to contribute during the ask, and for some reason I was the first one asked to. That was <laughs> to a drag. <laughs> Phil did pick Jake to go first both times, first and then second. So oh that's gosh, really but, like hard. reverse order. Like right. go yes. this way, right. go this way. Um, yeah, it was not fair. But uh, but not to say that that made it unenjoyable or anything. Um, I I felt that I I I did have something I could say to yeah. at least give the um, businesses insight <clears throat> uh, into certain parts of of their products that they were yeah. putting out. My favorite part was sitting there listening to everyone else's answers, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like a sponge. You're I'll like, sit there wow, and just like yeah. listen. And you get ideas too that you can yeah. bring back to your teams. Like I get ideas all the time of stuff I can bring back. 
like even integrate just at House of Genius, but also yes. at Reese's Dental, which is awesome. And it just like further invokes like your feeling of like maybe feeling like I don't know if I'm gonna have anything to give, feedback to give, but like just because you don't own a startup, you're not working in a startup does not mean you can't help an entrepreneur mm-hmm. with a problem they have. And yeah. most of there are most of them are business problems that everyone's going through. And the Q&A piece is huge too because Jake, you had some really good questions. The questions are great because like you said, Caitlin, we write them down, we give yeah. them to the entrepreneurs after the event and those are really, to those me, are like gold. yes, they are because there are these questions that when you're looking at your business or your nonprofit or your product, you have a bias, right? Because that's your special project. Like we talk about, it's hard for you to see anything wrong with it, but these questions- They help will, you see your blind spots. Absolutely. Yep. How do I get involved with House of Genius? So the most um, efficient way to get in touch with us and let us know you want to be involved is to use our Google form that we have pinned to the top of our Twitter profile. And our Twitter handle is uh, House of Genius Arizona. So the handle is actually H of G-A-Z. Um, and that's the easiest way. But if you just search House of Genius Phoenix, it also will come up in, on the Twitter. Are there a lot of opportunities still in 2018 for me to um, either pitch my company or be a panelist at House of Genius? Yes, there's only one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I totally phased out. Yes, there is an opportunity to be involved, but there's, but there's only lot. one. <laughs> nice. Um, so we take November and December off only because it just always falls around the time of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and people are just crazy busy with the holidays. So we take those two days, two months off. October 30th is our last event. We are looking for panelists. We are looking for one more company presenter. And I believe we still have our keynote um, up for grabs if you have anything you'd like to talk to the audience about. It's like an eight to 10 minute keynote, usually just something to get everyone jazzed and motivated for the event, Mm -hmm. um, pertaining to kind of starting your business, um, how to stay motivated. um, Yeah, really wide range of of topics are where we totally appreciate. And totally informal. It's not something you have to go up there and have a PowerPoint and everything. Most of our keynote speakers don't even have a PowerPoint. And for people who are interested, um, I believe we're booking already into next year. So f- yeah, absolutely. Right? So January 30th will be the first event for 2019. Tuesday, October 30th, or Wednesday, January 30th. Yes. So sign up while you can. So Caitlin, last question. Um, 2019 is right around the corner, which we just talked about. It's pretty nuts that we're scheduling House of Genius into 2019 already. Uh, However, there's always trends coming up, and I know that you're really with it from a marketing and social media perspective. Do you have any sense of upcoming marketing or social media trends that business owners and entrepreneurs who listen to The Torch should know about? Yeah, especially uh, pertaining to some smaller business owners, I think hyper-local marketing is probably a term they may may or not have heard of, um, but I think is super powerful. Um, and essentially, that's just super targeted niche marketing. So, you know, being able to target and advertise and, and talk to um, your consumers in, you know, a zip code range, really. Um, I think ultimately, a lot of times, small business owners focus on a lot larger than that, um, but they need to look at focus on, you know, wh- how, how far are people traveling to come to your business? Are, is it worth marketing to someone 25 miles away when really the farthest they'll drive for a slice of pizza is 10 miles if you're a pizza store. Um, I think another thing is um, influencer marketing. I think Mm. entrepreneurs, startups, any business owners, just be really careful with this influencer marketing craze. I personally am not a huge fan. I think people get caught up in the numbers of followers that 
these influencers quote unquote have, mm-hmm. but they're not looking at who exactly is following those influencers. Um, perfect example, you know, if you're a if you own a pizzeria and you have five locations across Phoenix, uh, you want to work with someone to promote, you know, a grand opening of a new location. Someone who has a million followers might sound good on paper, but when you ask for, you know, ask for their demographics, ask for the insights, um, which any influencer or any business account on Instagram um, can provide, and it can show you actually the geographical data data of who is following that account. So who you thought this million follower that's actually lives in Phoenix, their followers could be, you know, 90% based out of New York or San Francisco, mm-hmm. which will not bring in customers for your pizzeria. So spend some time focusing on if you if you want to go the influencer route as like these hyper local influencers. What has worked really well with us is, you know, maybe a couple thousand followers, if that. Mm-hmm. But people who are really getting engagement with their posts, who are answering questions that people have about the product or service or business that the influencer is actually promoting. Mm-hmm. A lot of these times I see these, you know, influencers post a product and then that's it. And there's so many people who have questions about where they can buy it. Um, does it come in other sizes, et cetera, et cetera. And they're not answering any of that. And it's like, what's the point of this post? It's just it's just a paycheck for that influencer. And it's mm-hmm. just such a waste of money. And I highly, highly urge you not to do that. And if you're going to, make sure that what you're doing is very, very focused on um, your industry or who, the people who are going to buy your product. You know, that person is already talking about it. Or if it's for a small local business, you know, make sure that the people that are following that individual or organization, you know, the majority of those people are based where you are. Mm-hmm. Great tip. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Caitlin. We appreciate your time. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank Caitlin Waters once again for coming out and talking to us about social media marketing, specifically for startups. House of Genius. Sounds pretty great, right? Well, I've been and I'm here to tell you it is. It's a very casual environment. There's food and drinks, and the keynote speakers are usually pretty knowledgeable and thought-provoking. I was able to listen to Brian Moore of Scouts speak about psychological safety in the workplace. Great stuff. And even if you don't think you have anything you can contribute to the Q&A portion of the night, although, trust me, you do, it's really fun to listen to other people put in their two cents. I walked away from the event having heard some really powerful insights, actually. If you want to get involved with House of Genius, reach out to them on Twitter at H of G A Z. That's at H of G A Z. I want to remind you that our BBB Integrity Online auction has launched. We've got a ton of really cool items. I've seen them, and I'm telling you now that if you don't bid on them, I will. So help save my wallet and help ethical youth at the same time by bidding. Please go to auction.bbbcommunity.org and check it out. And finally, if you have any questions for any of our guests, if you'd like to have someone back to discuss a certain topic, please reach out to us and let us know how we can help you. Just send an email to thetorchpodcast at bbbcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening, and if you liked it, please subscribe and review us anywhere you listen to podcasts.